Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dared to speak her mind and didn't let anyone or anything stand in her way. Her name was Shirley. Shirley was born on a cold, wintry day in New York City in 1924. But for much of her childhood, she grew up on the warm, tropical island of Barbados. There, she and her sisters lived in a small house with their grandmother. Shirley came to Barbados when she was three. And as she got older, she didn't remember much about New York. She didn't remember the city's snowflakes, or its big buildings, or its noisy streets. Instead, her days were filled with humidity and heat. Her mornings and evenings were full of her grandmother's love and her strict rules. And at night, the sounds of the ocean waves seeped into Shirley's dreams. In the one-room schoolhouse where Shirley attended school, she could often be found with her hand in the air, an answer ready on her tongue. Shirley had so much to say. She wondered if she would ever be big enough, or smart enough, or loud enough for the world to listen. As a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. I'm Maya, and this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, a fairy tale podcast about the rebel women who inspire us. On this episode, Shirley Chisholm, dedicated educator trailblazing politician and the first Black woman ever elected to the United States Congress. Shirley loved the sunny afternoons in Barbados, and she loved swimming in the ocean and running across the island's sandy beaches. She sometimes even liked doing the chores on her grandmother's farm, collecting eggs from the hens and feeding the cows and sheep. But one day, she got some exciting 
and scary news. Shirley's parents were bringing them back to New York. Her parents didn't make a lot of money. That was one reason why they had sent their kids to live in Barbados in the first place. But Shirley's mom and dad missed them so much. So at 10 years old, Shirley hugged her grandma goodbye, tears streaming down her face, and boarded a giant steamship headed north. After living in the Barbadian countryside for so many years, New York City seemed loud and strange. People spoke many different languages. Cars motored noisily down the streets, and Shirley just couldn't get used to the cold. Worse than that, even though she was in the sixth grade in Barbados, her new school put her in the third grade. Shirley knew she was smarter than that. But though she excelled in math, reading, and writing, the school said she didn't know enough United States history to be in a higher grade. But of course, she didn't know U.S. history. She had never studied it. Barbados was a British colony, so Shirley had learned British history. Shirley was furious and she started acting out. She blew spitballs at her classmates while the teacher wasn't looking, and she shot rubber bands across the room. Finally, though, her teacher realized the problem. Shirley was bored. So, the teacher arranged for Shirley to have a tutor to help her learn United States history. And within a couple years, Shirley was promoted into the eighth grade. Finally, in the right grade, Shirley excelled in school. She wanted to know everything there was to know. She listened intently to what her teachers said. She brought home tottering stacks of books from the library. When her father's friends came by, Shirley stayed up late listening in to their conversations about politics through her bedroom door. Her father believed everyone should be treated equally, no matter their skin color or how much money they had. And every day, her father told her, study and make something of yourself. When Shirley graduated from high school, she enrolled in Brooklyn College where she continued to speak up and out. One professor took notice of Shirley's quick thinking and prize-winning debate skills. He said she should go into politics. You forget two things, Shirley said. I'm black and a woman. Most politicians at that time were white and men. So, Shirley decided to become a teacher. But after finishing college, Shirley had a hard time finding a job. She was small, and she had a lisp. Over and over, people told her she looked too young. Don't judge me by my size, she finally exclaimed at one interview. 
Give me a chance. With that, the director of the Child Care Center hired Shirley on the spot. Within several years, Shirley was promoted to become the director of a child care center. She also started going to neighborhood meetings where she asked politicians uncomfortable questions. She wanted to know why more money wasn't put towards schools. She wanted to know why trash is picked up more regularly in some neighborhoods than others. And she wanted to know why her neighborhood had less police protection than other, often richer and whiter, neighborhoods. Her questions were met with empty promises. So, Shirley joined local political clubs where she could work with others to make change happen herself. But there, women were asked to make food, write thank you notes, and raise money for men's political campaigns. Shirley became tired of decorating collection tins, so in 1964, she made a bold move. A seat was open in the New York State Assembly, the part of the government that makes decisions for people throughout the state. But that particular seat had always been held by white men. The words of Shirley's father echoed through her head, make something of yourself. So Shirley launched her first political campaign and ran for the New York State Assembly. Shirley met with neighbors and went to protests. She spoke at churches and community meetings. A lot of people supported her, but sometimes people asked her what her husband thought about her campaign. He supported her. Others said Shirley ought to be raising a family, not running for office. But Shirley didn't listen. And when the election results came in, her heart was filled with joy. She won by more than 16,000 votes. Immediately, Shirley set to work. She introduced bills that would help students pay for college and assist domestic workers. Soon, people were writing to Shirley, encouraging her to run for the United States Congress, which makes decisions for the entire country. Shirley was flattered, but it was such a big leap. Shirley wasn't sure she, or the world, was ready for it. Then, one day, a woman knocked on Shirley's door. She held out a dirty envelope. It jangled as she handed it over. When Shirley opened it up, she saw nickels, dimes, and quarters. $9.62 exactly. The woman said it was Shirley's first campaign donation, and she promised to raise money every week if Shirley would run for Congress. Moved by the woman's actions, Shirley decided to go for it. 
Shirley started campaigning all over her congressional district. Reporters ignored her, only interviewing her opponent. Shirley's opponent often dismissed her too, calling her a little school teacher. But Shirley didn't need reporters or her opponent's respect. She knocked on doors. She spoke directly to people in her neighborhood, especially women, Black, and Latinx voters. And she encouraged everyone to register to vote. Then, on November 5th, 1968, the results came in, and Shirley won by more than 20,000 votes. Shirley Chisholm had become the first Black woman ever elected to the United States Congress. Hey, grown-ups. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Listen, I used to be miserable with allergies from about the beginning of April till the end of August. Sometimes my best friend was a cold washcloth over my face. I couldn't taste my food because my nose was so stuffed up. I couldn't go for a run because my eyes were so itchy. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for hikes, cut the grass, and most importantly, stop and smell the flowers. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. In Washington, D.C., new congresspeople are supposed to pay their dues and wait their turn. But Shirley had things to say and do. She wasn't about to be bossed around by others just because they were older or because things had always been done that way. First, Shirley hired an all-female staff to work in her Washington office, something that was unheard of at that time. Second, Shirley wasn't afraid to make her voice heard. She spoke out against the Vietnam War. She fought for more funding and programs for education and children. She also advocated for women, people of color, and poor people. As the only Black woman serving in Congress, though, it was hard to connect with her colleagues. Congressmen often went to pubs and bars after work to talk things over. But at that time, it wasn't considered appropriate for women to go to pubs like that. 
Shirley also felt like a lot of politicians were more interested in making money than serving people. But no matter how lonely or left out she felt, Shirley kept fighting. As she once said, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. Then, Shirley made her boldest move yet. In January 1972, at Concord Baptist Church in Brooklyn, Shirley approached a podium covered in microphones. A cheering crowd met her gaze as she smiled and waved at them. Once they quieted, she told them she was running for president. I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman and I'm equally proud of that. I am the candidate of the people of America. The crowd erupted in cheers, but not everyone was happy. Some men said the country wasn't ready for a woman president. Some white people said the country wasn't ready for a black president. And a black woman? Certainly not. Still, when people tried to silence her, Shirley spoke up louder. When people ignored her, she insisted they pay attention. And when her opponents tried to exclude her from the televised presidential debates, Shirley challenged them in court and won. No matter what, she never backed down. Finally, the big day came. At the 1972 Democratic Convention, the Democratic Party would choose who would represent them in the nation's presidential election. People from around the United States gathered in a large arena, ready to make their voices heard. But already, the people had voted. And already, Shirley knew she didn't have enough votes to win. But Shirley ran for president knowing that she might not win. Really, she wanted to open a door. She wanted to be heard. And she was. On the last night of the convention, Shirley was called to the stage for a speech. As she walked into the stage's bright lights, the audience leapt to their feet, and their air was filled with raucous applause. And when the crowd finally quieted, Shirley's words resounded throughout the arena. And today, her outspoken words and her daring actions continue to resonate around the world. Shirley Chisholm may not have won her bid for president, but she paved the way for many Black 
and women politicians who would follow in her footsteps. From Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton to Kamala Harris. Shirley served as a congresswoman for 14 years. After that, she became a college professor, founded a political group for Black women, and remained active in politics throughout her life. In 2015, 10 years after Shirley's death, Barack Obama, the first Black president of the United States, honored Shirley by awarding her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. There are people in our country's history who don't look left or right, they just look straight ahead. And Shirley Chisholm was one of those people. But Shirley didn't only want to be remembered for her work in politics. As always, her vision was bigger than that. I want history to remember me, not <clears throat> that I was the first black woman to be elected to the Congress, not as the first black woman to have made a bid for the presidency of the United States, but as a black woman who lived in the 20th century and who dared to be herself. I want to be remembered as a catalyst for change in America. This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls and is based on the book series Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. This episode was produced by Camille Stennis. Sound design and mixing by Camille Stennis. This episode was written by Alexis Stratton and fact-checked by Joe Radigan. Executive producer is Katie Springer. Haley Dapkus is our production manager. Original theme music was composed and performed by Electra Bar Jockey. A big thanks to the whole Rebel Girls team who make this show possible. For more, visit rebelgirls.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and review this episode and share it with your friends. Until next time, stay rebel. Thanks for listening to this episode, Rebels. Did you know there's a whole world of Rebel Girls to explore? Go to rebelgirls.com slash more to check out our latest books, t-shirts, crafting kits, and, well, more. Visit rebelgirls.com slash more. Until next time, stay rebel.